0: Hi, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Bethlehem Church. We are located in Austin, Minnesota, and I'm Pastor Paul Steele. We are in a sermon series entitled Living by Faith as we look at the book of James. Now, James is a letter found in the New Testament, and it's written by James, who is the half-brother of Jesus. And he's writing to Jewish Christians who are scattered throughout the Roman Empire. He's sharing his wisdom with them so that they can have the knowledge they need to live a life of faith within the culture that they find themselves in. Now, we are in a very similar situation. We're asking ourselves, how do we live a life of faith? How do we follow Jesus in the culture that we live in, in the politics that that?" we have with the money and the luxuries that we get to enjoy within the multicultural and multi-religious realities that are expressed in our society in our culture and our hope is that as we go through this book the wisdom that James shared with these Jewish Christians 2,000 years ago will help give us guidance on how we live a life of faith today. Now let's get into the sermon. We are in James, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, as we talk about Living by faith. How do we live by faith? So let's take a look at our text this morning. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror how foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless don't you remember what that our ancestor abraham was shown to be right with god by his actions when he offered his son isaac on the altar you see this his actions and his his faith and his actions work together his actions made his faith complete And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid the messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. This is the word of the Lord. Our Father in heaven, we thank you. And as we come to this time of of looking at your word and how that applies to our lives, we ask that you would give us your wisdom. We ask that you would give us uh, the spirit to guide us and direct us in the ways that you want us to go. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen what does it mean to have faith without doubting what does it mean to have faith without doubting well it could be explained like this two men married their high school sweethearts now the first man had a wandering eye and so when troubles arose in their marriage it was easy to see a situation that was a little bit better. But then when, situ- when troubles arose there, it was easy again to start to doubt her love, to doubt her faithfulness, to doubt her intentions. And so he moved on again. And again. And at the end of his life, he died alone alone and in great fear. But the second man made an oath to himself and to God that he would always love her. And so when troubles arose, when, when things got difficult, when there were problems that, that came up, he was able to, to look at her and trust in her goodness to trust in her love to be confident of her intentions and when children began to enter into this new family this man made another oath to himself and to God that he would love them that he would Raised them, and as he grew, as it grew to the end of his life, he was able to die surrounded by people with great hope. See, what the difference is between the two was that the first man never made a commitment, and that lack of commitment allowed doubts about his wife to enter into his head into his heart he was able to convince himself that she her love was lacking that she was doing things to hurt the relationship that it was her fault right and that all made it easier so much easier for him to leave leave But the second man made this commitment. He made a commitment to himself. He made a commitment to God. He made a commitment to his wife. And that allowed him to be confident about her, about her intentions, about her love, about her goodness. That no matter what came up in the marriage, like this is where I'm at. Right, so so when we look back to Je- James chapter one verse six, where where he says, let me look at that, rather than just trying to quote it here. Where he says, "But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone." Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. He says, have faith, have commitment, have your, you know, your relationship fully with God. Don't have a divided loyalty, because if you have this divided loyalty, what's going to happen is you're going to be tossed two and four. You're going to have doubts, not that God exists, but you're going to have doubts that God is good. You're going to have doubts that God really loves you. You're going to have doubts that God is going to act in the ways that he has promised to act. And therefore, you're going to lack faith. So one of my challenges, or one of the things I think we need to take away here from the book of James, is that we need to think of faith more in terms of a relationship than just in what we believe. Too often we just think of faith in terms of, well, I believe that. But what James is challenging us in is that no, faith is more than just what you believe. Faith is about a relationship. Right? Because that's how we also use the word faith. When we talk about marriage, right, are you faithful in your marriage or are you not? And in the same way, are we faithful to God? Is our commitment, is our loyalty to God alone or is it not? That's what James is challenging us with. Thinking of Faith more in terms of our relationship, our commitment to God than simply just what we believe. And so in this sermon series, what we've been doing is we've been asking or trying to answer this question, how should a disciple of Jesus live? How should a disciple of Jesus live? How should we live following Jesus in the context of our lives, in the liberties that we enjoy, right? And in, uh, in the comfort, and the luxury that we get to experience. How do we follow Jesus in the technology that surrounds us? How do, we li- how do we follow Jesus in the context of our government and our politics? How does this look like for the follower of Jesus? And the answer that we receive from the book of James is this. A disciple of Jesus should live each day by faith. A disciple of Jesus should live each day by faith. Okay. What does that mean? What does that look like? What is faith? How do we live? Because faith, right, is a good church word that we use all the time And that people like me, when we're on the stage, when we're teaching, we just have this assumption that you know what faith is. That when James says you should have faith, or when Paul talks about having faith, we just assume you understand that. What does it mean to live by faith? What does it mean to live by faith what does that mean what does true faith look like and that's what james gets at in our text this morning this is what true faith is all about and in order to do that he has this conversation with an imaginary person talking about these questions but for us to understand what james is saying we have to take a quick look at where we've been right because The book of James is a whole book, even though we look at it parts here and here. It's one seamless letter that James wrote to these Jewish Christians scattered around the Roman Empire. It's meant to be read as a whole. And so it's easy from week to week when we just look at little bits to forget about what's gone on beforehand. So we need to take a quick look at where we've been in order to understand where James is taking us. So first of all, we need to remember at the end of James chapter 1 what what pure religion looks like. What what is religion all about anyway? So James chapter 1, verse 27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress, and refusing to let the world corrupt you that is what our worship is like it's what it should look like it's showing compassion or in other words it's demonstrating god's character his generous character in this world to those who need it most and it's being holy or living differently from the rest of the world. It requires both things. So often we want to emphasize one over the other, and James is saying, no, for you to truly worship God, you need both. You need these acts of compassion. You need these acts of good works, but you also need to be holy and stay apart from the world in which you live in, because we are citizens of heaven, not of this world. We are exiles living in this world. So don't live like the world around you. Faith requires both. Second, and what we looked at last week, how we treat people matters. How we treat people matters. And so James Right talks about, hey, imagine in your worship time you have two visitors. One visitor is poor, dressed in shabby clothes, and he walks in and you say, hey, you can sit here at my feet. You can sit over there in the corner. And then the second visitor is this rich guy dressed in these fancy clothes wearing a gold ring, and you just throw yourselves all over him. You want to get his attention. How we treat people matters. Why? Because all of us, right, are created in the image of God. All of us. No matter who we are, no matter where we've been, no matter what we have done, all of us have the ability to contribute to God's kingdom. None of us have the, uh, should be forced to be on the outside looking in. Within the economy of God, within God's people, everyone matters, and so it matters how we treat people. And then last week we also talked about the law the fact that we are to keep the law specifically what the royal law that gives freedom we're to keep the royal law that keeps freedom what or gives freedom what is the royal law well we find it in one place Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 through where somebody comes up to Jesus and asks hey Jesus what's the greatest commandment and Jesus replies hear O Israel the Lord your God is one Lord love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets depend on these two commands see this is the royal law one reason is because it comes from the mouth of the king the king gives us this law so it super, supersedes all other all other traditions all other expectations this comes from the king and so it's the royal law that we're expected to follow but it's also the royal law because it's the law upon which all others are based so even when we look at the ten commandments or the ten terms of the old covenant you can look at them and divide them up between loving god the verse four and loving people the next six. All the law and the prophets are based on loving God and loving people. And so we can think we're technically keeping the law because we don't commit adultery or because we don't murder. But if we're not loving people, if we're not loving God, we're not keeping the law. We're breaking it and we're law breakers. And to better understand, then, also what James is saying, we also need to look at an event in the life of Jesus. So remember, James is very influenced by the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament and by Jesus. And remember who Jesus is, or remember who James is. James is the half-brother of Jesus. James grew up with Jesus. Jesus. But he's really influenced by Jesus, especially the Sermon on the Mount. But all of Jesus is teaching. And so let's take a look here at Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19, verses 16 through 26. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all those commandments, the young man replied. What, what else must I do? Jesus told them, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But then the young man, but when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then, the, then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded, then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, that's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. The young man laughed, not because he couldn't live a moral life, so this young man had faith. He was religious. He believed in God. He kept the Torah. He, he, he understood, right, that loving God and loving people was important because when Jesus, when he asked, hey, uh, what, what do I need to do? What commandments do I need to keep? Jesus lists off some from the Ten Commandments, and then he ends with what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And this guy says, hey, I've been doing this all. So this young man has faith. He believes in God. He believes in God so much that it's affecting the way that he is living. It has, it's, it's directing his life. That's not the problem. He's keeping the law. He has faith. But what he couldn't do is he couldn't show compassion. And as a result, he walks away convicted as a law breaker. Because while he thought he was loving People, He was loving his neighbor. His actions showed otherwise because he had the means to show compassion and he didn't do it. While he had a belief in God, he didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't trust that God would be generous to him if he was generous towards others. He walked away sad. This wasn't about what he intellectually believed. It wasn't even about living a moral life. It was all about, are you bringing the kingdom of God into this world or not? Are you demonstrating God's loving, compassionate, merciful character in this world or are you not? And that's the challenge that James is giving to us. That's what he wants us to see. So as we quickly look at the rest, at our text, I want you to imagine James having this conversation with this rich young ruler. And it might make a little bit more sense to to us. So with all of that as the backdrop, what does true faith look like? Well, James provides three different ways to look at faith. So first, he, he gives us the expressions of true faith. The expressions of true faith, uh, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. What, is, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that, faith, can that kind of faith save you or save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister with no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing? What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Dead and useless. So imagine this as kind of a continuation from last week. So this poor person who walks into their worship service, he's getting ready to go. And what you say to them is... Shalom, peace be with you, and you don't do anything to meet their needs, well, then you're not really showing God's peace. You're not really doing what you can to bring God's shalom into this world. When you have it in your ability to help somebody, you do it and in that way you bring god's kingdom into this world right that's the the lord's prayer your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven how does that happen by individual christians by individual disciples of jesus demonstrating god's character in this world that's how it happens and james is saying you're not doing that You're not even offering them a piece of clothing. You're not even offering them a piece of food. You're just saying, hey, go out and I hope you have a good day. And you have it within your power to make it a good day. You don't do it. That is not faith at all. No matter how moral you may live your life, that is not faith. Faith is being compassionate to those who have needs. And you have the ability to at least provide for a little part of that need. That's what you're to do. That is how we express true faith. It's representing God in this world. Understanding that we are his ambassadors. We're his representatives. And we show the world what God is truly like. Then we have the evidence of true faith verses 18 through 20 now some may argue so think about the rich young ruler here now some may argue some people have faith others have good deeds but i can how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds i will show you my faith by my good deeds you may say have faith you may say you have faith For you believe that there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Deeds and belief go hand in hand. The rich young ruler had belief, and he could say, Hey, here's my faith. I believe all these things right? I believe all the creeds. I believe all that's written in the law and the prophets. I believe it all. And see, see how I'm living? See how I'm keeping these commandments? See, I have faith. And that's what this person is saying. See, see, I have faith. This is what faith looks like. And James is responding, no, true faith is seen also in the good things that you do when james uses this word deeds what he is referring to are those things that are in line with god's character that we are to do because we bear god's image so like last week we talked he talked specifically about showing mercy and says hey if you don't show mercy then god's not going to be merciful to you jesus says hey if you don't forgive then your heavenly father is not going to forgive you why because we are to be god's people created in his image and that requires us to bear this out to live this out in our lives by doing the good that he has called us to do because he says hey even the demons believe that there is one god even the demons understand that and they shudder in terror because of the coming judgment and you can say hey i believe there is one god and this hyperlinks or links us back to the shema right uh deuteronomy chapter 6 hear o israel the lord your god is one lord What's the rest of that? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. See, here's the problem with the demons, is that they believe there is one Lord, but it doesn't change the way they live. In fact, they are terrified of what is to come. James is saying, you believe there is one Lord, and it's not making any difference in how you live. Even At least the demons shudder in the coming judgment. You're acting indifferently. You don't care about that. James so saying that is not how this is to go. You are to remember to love God requires to love those he loves, those who are created in his image. And then he gives <clears throat> so we know the royal law That all comes from the Shema. Hear, O Israel, or listen, O Israel. And yet we are comfortable with breaking it because we can convince ourselves, hey, we're following God because we haven't committed murder, we haven't committed adultery, we do this and we do that. But we haven't really shown mercy, we really haven't given forgiveness, we really haven't shown compassion. And so then he gives us through examples of true faith. Verses 21 through 26. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete, and so it happened, just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God, and God counted it him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example she was shown to be right with god by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road just as the body is dead without breath so also faith is dead without good works okay so here quickly here we come to this hard example of abraham now we need to be honest this this is this is a tough one like uh, God asking Abraham to, to sacrifice Isaac? Okay. <laughs> a little tough. How, how do you handle this? Well, one of the things that we have to understand is that we have to take a look at Abraham's life as a whole. And so this takes us all the way back to, uh, to Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. So God makes this promise to Abraham. Hey, you, you, I'm going to bless all the world through you and through your descendants. Up to this time, he doesn't have any descendants. And Sarah and Abraham decide they're going to take it within their hands to bring about God's promises. And so in Genesis, you can put this this event in Abraham and Sarah's life right over the top of of, uh, Adam and Eve and the tree because the words are the same. Sarah takes... Hagar, just as Eve took the fruit and gave it to Abraham, just as Eve gave it to Adam. They disobeyed God. They sexually abused Hagar. And we need it. Like, like, this is dark stuff that is happening here. This isn't just a a children's story. This is dark stuff that's happened. Because they they are They they are going to do whatever they can to bring about God's blessing. And it ends terribly for them. But Abraham grows. God shows forgiveness. God works with Abraham. And he gets to a point in his life when God says, go sacrifice Isaac. Where Abraham is saying, I can let this go. I trust God so much to keep his promise that I don't have to do. I don't have to make it come about. I just need to trust. And so he goes, and, and the book of Hebrews tells us that he believes that God has the power to raise Isaac from the dead. And so he believes in God's provision in this moment. And this is seen as an act of faith. When we trust in God's provision in the moment to provide for our needs, that is an act of faith. For God to provide for us so we can show compassion to those around us, that is an act of faith. And then we come to Rahab, right? Rahab is a prostitute. She's a Gentile. She's a woman. Three strikes against her. But James says she is an example of faith. Because when she heard the men who come through her house talking about what they've seen about this group in the wilderness following this God who's done all this stuff, she says, that's my God. That's the God I'm going to serve. And when these two spies show up in Jericho and she encounters them, she does what she can, even, right, being deceptive, To show them compassion. And her actions show that she has faith in God. Her actions show that she has faith in God. That she is willing to obey the spirit of the law. To show compassion over just following the letter of the law. Which would have required her to what? Turn those two spies over to the authorities in Jericho. So her actions show us, show compassion, compassion because of trust in God. So here's the bottom line today. A disciple of Jesus lives a life of compassion as an expression of faith. A disciple of Jesus lives a life of compassion as an expression of faith. We can live a, a moral life. We can stay away from the excesses and the influences of the world. But if we're not loving, if we're not being merciful, if we're not being kind, if we're not being compassionate, then we're not keeping the law. We're law break- breakers. We're not living true faith in God. But hear, 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 me, hear me this, right? Because this is heavy. The last two weeks have been heavy. Like, oh man, James is really warning us. He's, he's, he's convicting us. But hear, hear this, right? God has said, when you sin, when you lack faith, turn to me in confession, repentance, and he'll do what? He'll forgive us. God knows that we need help, and so what does he do? He sends us the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth, to lead us in wisdom, to lead us uh, to transform our lives. This doesn't have to be all on our shoulders. This isn't about trying to do more. This isn't about trying to grit our teeth and make it through it. This is about understanding where God wants to take us. And allowing the spirit to transform our hearts and minds so we're more in line with God's character each and every day. And so, here's our challenge this week. Show compassion. Ask yourself this question, who is someone I can help this week? Maybe it's just in a little way, but who can you show compassion to this week? Who can you help out this week? Thanks for watching and listening to our sermon today. I hope that it was an encouragement to you as you follow Jesus. If you've benefited from our Sunday morning live stream, from our bottom bottom line videos, uh, or this sermon podcast, one of the best ways you can support us is simply to give. And you can do that by going to our website, BethlehemChurchAustin.com and following the Give tab. If you have a question, if you have a prayer request that you'd like other people to be praying about, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can leave a comment. You can send us a a personal message. You can email us. But we would love to be in contact with you. We'd love to, to be praying for you. That's one of the benefits of being part of the worldwide global church, is that we are in this together. So have a great rest of the week, and God bless.